With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Wipe it down, bring it in. TCL is a proud sponsor of the Score North Studios. TCL, America's fastest growing TV brand. One, two, three. It's Mackie and Judd with Rami. With Rami. It's Beckham making the catch. And off to the races he goes. Car chasing him down. Can't get him. Touchdown Giants. They take the lead. Yeah, well, I mean, I you know, I didn't pull that thin air. I just got, uh, uh, you know, I got a, uh, a text and had a conversation with somebody that, that I trust that basically said, you know, these not not saying that it was definitely going to happen, but that Minnesota and Cleveland had had conversations about Odell and um, was told uh, about what Minnesota would be giving up in order to make that trade with Cleveland, which would be a 2 and a 5 next year. So, I mean, it's fascinating to see if it, if it does happen. I asked, is it definitely going to happen to those? I wouldn't say that. We'll see what happens anything, but I'm just telling you that the two teams have had conversation. Reckless speculation. You want reckless speculation? Oh, you know this ain't going to happen. How about reckless trade speculation? Oh, you guys, You guys remember the beginning of Ghostbusters from the mid-'80s when, like, they're all just kind of sitting around... <laughs> the firehouse that they've turned into their offices and like they just kind of they sit around and they wait and then all of a sudden like an alarm bell goes off mm-hmm. as soon as someone sees a ghost it's like they know what to do oh my god okay go down the the, the pole and get in your firehouse, car man, like, yeah i feel like that is us at score north and i'm mackie and jeb with rami whenever we hear or see a story like this it's always a glorious day when reckless speculation like this when the reckless speculation train leaves the station that clip was from Score North Live, Rami, which can be heard when now? Uh, weekdays, noon to two. It's me and a rotating cast of Score North personalities. Judd Zolgad and Derek Wetmore sat in with me today. You can listen to it anytime you want on the Score North app and wherever you get your podcast. Beautiful. Well, that was that was Moose from WFAN, a midday host and from WFAN in, in, in New York, just to clarify. Oh, wait, Moose has a three, five, and seven-year-old and carved out time for Score North Live. And he's in New York where all hell is breaking Dude. loose. So extra thanks to to Moose. I forgot for, that that dude's probably just at home, right, with all of his kids yes. quarantined. Yeah. Uh, and, he, and his tweet initially this morning set all of this off. So as I reported this morning on WFAN, a source had told me the Browns and Vikings are in discussions on a trade that would send OBJ to the Vikings for a second and a fifth round pick next year. Trade is not done, but the deal is being discussed. Reckless speculation. So there are two important questions here for us to discuss, and we can keep phone lines open for this too, and you can help us answer these two questions, 651-646-8255. 
Question number one, to what extent do you believe this to be true and credible? Because I think that's the first thing. I saw that a Vikings employee tried to shoot this down early today, but the Vikings also had people trying to shoot down the notion of a Stefan Diggs trade, and that happened very shortly after. So to what extent do you believe this to be true? And question number two, if it's true, would you pull the trigger if you're the Vikings? Should we start with one, question one? I am going with, there was definitely conversations and phone calls made. And the fact that, as I wrote between shows at scorenorth.com as well, and basically laid out the series of sports lies that this team has told regarding guys by the name of Percy Harvin. <laughs> took inventory? And st- yes, it, it, because what they say doesn't matter. They don't get the benefit <laughs> of like, the doubt. They should lie. It's no, fine. I know, I know, but we should. But but we are here. So, so Score North is here for you because we cut through the crap. We do we do what you don't have time to do, which is we digest in information and then we say, okay, you know what, Rami, this information accurate, this also correct, this is BS. And so whenever anybody comes out and says, and, and this was my job at one time, this is not disparaging the people that checked with sources. Their job is to check with those sources. It's not then to question and call the source a liar. That's our job. And so I just want to start with, and it might be done by now, I do not expect this trade to happen, but as far as with the draft approaching, is this real to me? And were there were there conversations between, by the way, quickly too, Kevin Stefanski, the former OC here, in his first year in Cleveland... This would be one of the first calls he would make because he knows that you just traded Diggs, right? There's no question this took place. And anybody who says otherwise is sports lying, which during a time of a pandemic does not make them a bad person, yes. but they're sports lying. Yes. Also, it, it's it's several steps beyond just pulling out of thin air. Like This dude is a random radio host and reporter in New York City. With no reason to just like make something up about the Browns and the Vikings, OBJ does not play for the Giants anymore. Like he has no reason to deviate from Giants, Jets, Knicks, Yankees, Mets. Like that's what they talk about all day on WFAN. He's not just like oh, you know I'm kind of bored with all these New York teams. Let me and make this lines. up, right? Let me just make this up. So from that standpoint, to answer question number one, I think there's absolutely some smoke here, and I might even be a little further along than Judge. Judd. Oh, there's still a fire. Sounds like Judd is kind of saying, I don't expect this to happen. I actually feel like more often than not, when this type of rumor comes out involving the Minnesota Vikings, it does happen like 50% or more of the time. Anytime it involves anybody. I said this to Judd today on Score North Live. I already did the plug. I won't do it again. I said this today to Judd on Score North Live. But when you're trying, Mackie, when you're trying to solve a crime or you're trying to figure out who did it, right? You look for motive. That's the first thing you look for. If you're a detective, you look for motive. Who has motive to lie here? The person who gave this anonymous tip to Moose or the Vikings and the Browns and trying to squash this and keep it under wraps until it's actually a thing, if it ever becomes a thing? Who has, Who would have something to hide here? The person who put the trade out there or the teams who don't want you knowing about the trade? Yeah. 
It's clearly the teams who don't want you knowing that they've been discussing this trade. It's obvious. And it all makes sense. You can put together a story here, right? OBJ clearly not thrilled about playing with Baker Mayfield. His numbers have gone down. And to this point, Odell has not been a huge distraction in Cleveland. Like, he got his thousand yards. He sort of was last year, though. It didn't go well. He was mostly quiet, though. Like, he didn't, he didn't pout. Like, he played all 16 games. He didn't. He, he begged opposing teams to come get me. Okay, there was that. <laughs> like, there was that on the field. You want to trade for me? But for the most part, it's obvious that he doesn't want to play in Cleveland anymore, right? right. I think we can all agree there. It's right. obvious. And he, you know, he was a good soldier for the most part, but he doesn't want to play in Cleveland anymore. The Vikings have B.C. Johnson as their number 2 wide receiver right now, so they're in the market, whether it's through the draft or free agency, for an upgrade at the number 2 wide receiver spot. Judd brought up the Kevin Stefanski connection. Like, piece the piece it together and try to tell a story, and it all makes sense. So that brings us to question number two. Would you pull the trigger? This is the reported, speculated compensation here, that the Vikings are in discussions to acquire Odell Beckham Jr. for a second-round pick this year, as I understand the tweet here from Moose, and a fifth-round pick next year. Yep. And that means, if you want to just go over the net gain here, okay, in terms of, let's start with the picks first. Let's say that, because the Vikings traded disgruntled Stefan Diggs for a first-round pick, a fifth, and a sixth, all in this year's draft, and then a fourth in next year's draft. So in terms of net gain, let's just say that Next year's fourth and next year's fifth just cancel out. Let's just take those off the board here. Those cancel out. So you're basically, in terms of picks, giving up a second-round pick and getting a first, a fifth, and a sixth, and you'd be swapping Stefan Diggs for one of the only wide receivers in the world that you can make a case is better than Stefan Diggs. Selfishly, I would love That's lo- amazing. Selfishly, I would love this because it would be great. For our purposes of this show, of all our shows... Uh, as Color pointed out on Purple Daily, and he's he might be right. Um, Beckham's been hurt quite a bit. He might be he might be far more broken down now than he was even a couple of years back. Would this be fun? Absolutely. But let me put together some pieces too of why this is, and this is this speculation is as on brand for the Vikings as it gets. Right? Absolutely. This this is a team. This is a in 2010, boys. I laughed. At the notion of Randy Moss coming back. I'm like, that's not going to. What are you? I was like the people on Twitter today. What are you guys talking yeah. about? Randy Moss isn't coming back. Yeah, they um, do this stuff all the time. But here's where I will put the pieces together in two ways. And I'm curious if you guys agree with my assessment here. One is it's very on brand for Spielman moves. Rick Spielman has been involved either in major ways or. Or at least in ways, in some very all-in, did they just really do that moves as a Vikings executive, right? Mm -hmm. The Wilfs, Mark and Ziggy, as far as I know, although they own the Vikings and they're Viking fans, their second favorite team, the team they grew up absolutely loving, was Big Blue, the Giants, right? Now, Beckham was a pain in the butt there, but he also made all those great catches as a Giant. I'm sure they... My guess is that if not Mark Ziggy still at night after Vikings game games has DVR Giants games and watches them. And so the prospect of Rick Spielman acquiring OBJ to Ziggy, who's a massive football fan, is very enticing. I also think to go down the so to to go from basically a sports cop to a real detective. I think the next layer of this as well is if we're going to go down that rabbit hole, 
This is Rick Spielman appealing to the Wilfs by getting a player that they probably really like, who's a big name from the Big Blue, from the Giants. And Zim might be like, yeah, okay, don't know about that, you know, because this is a receiver. Mike likes to run the ball. But this could show the fracture in the front office of a team that's showing no sense of direction right now, right? They're showing no direction. And this could be the attempt by Rick, a very, very big step towards severing himself from the coach to show the Wilfs, I got your guy, OBJ. I'm going down to detect the Reckless speculation. This morning, before I talked to Moose, who was the one with this report, I didn't think it was a good idea. And I told Judd, you you just got rid of Stephon Diggs because it was not a suitable situation for him here. Not because, at least by all indications, he didn't like Kirk Cousins or he didn't like anybody in particular in the Vikings organization. Although Mike Zimmer was conspicuously missing from his Players' Tribune article. But that's not, not, not here nor there. He wasn't happy with his role in the offense. He wasn't happy with the style of offense and the style of football that the Vikings played. That doesn't showcase star wide receivers and let him put up big numbers. And in his eyes and any other star wide receivers eyes, didn't let him do as much as he could to help you win football games. That was Stefan Diggs beef here by all indications. Never came out and said it. But if you read between the lines, put all the pieces of the puzzle together. That seems to be the problem. So I didn't think Odell Beckham Jr., would be a good fit here because is he going to be happy in the role that a wide receiver plays in a Mike Zimmer slash Gary Kubiak style of offense? But when I asked Moose about that, he said, as long as you're winning, OBJ will not be a problem. (laughs) He's not a guy who's going to complain about his role. He's not a guy who's going to make a big deal about targets or pout or kick and scream. As long as you're winning football games, OBJ is not a problem, according to Moose. If that's the case, yeah, I make the deal. In a heartbeat, because the price that you're paying, a second and a fifth? When you look at what you just got for Stephon Diggs, a second and a fifth for OBJ? Yeah, yeah, give me that. It's a second and a fifth, which means you would solve your number two wide receiver problem. I still don't love the idea because OBJ's contract uh, right now is worth about $14 million per year average annual value. I don't love the idea of paying almost $30 million combined to two receivers. I didn't love it when Stephon Diggs was here, but... Like you need a number two wide receiver, you'd have to make a couple things happen from a cap space perspective because I think you'd be like two or three million short of being able to to bring Odell Beckham Jr. in. But you'd be able to use your two first round picks on other needs. Like you, okay, cool. I, I get that it's a deep wide receiver draft. You can still draft one in like the fourth round, whatever. Great. But now you can you fill that need. Now you can bring in an offensive lineman, a cornerback with those two first round picks, and not have to worry about well, what do you do with wide receiver. Now, I want to make it clear, if the Vikings have an opportunity to use these same assets or similar to get Trent Williams, and if Trent Williams is anywhere near 100% or back to where he was a couple years ago, I think I would rather have the left tackle in his prime than the wide receiver in his prime. That's my first choice. So go exhaust that option first. And I'm I'm sure the Vikings have... The Vikings have been suspiciously quiet the last three weeks. You know, like there's just there's there's moves to be made, there's things to be done, and you know that they've been working phones and trying to figure this out. And so it wasn't like it it felt a little too quiet for like two weeks. And so for this to come out today, it was a little bit surprising, and that OBJ's name was the was the marquee name. But to me, it wasn't surprising that they were working on something big behind the scenes. But if you've exhausted the Trent Williams option, and your next step for offensive line is the draft, 
Go get one of the best wide receivers in the NFL for a second and a fifth round pick. This is, and by the way, if the talks have broken down for some reason and the price initially was second and fifth round pick, would you guys be willing to give up more than a second and a fifth round pick? Because I would. Like, if I'm not giving up either of my first, uh, my, my 22nd or 25th overall picks, I'm probably, I would upgrade that fifth round pick to something I in might. this year's draft. Like, Here's if I can question. hang on to my first two picks what? in the draft and get OBJ, why why wouldn't this be, be the trade in which you do send Anthony Harris to Cleveland too, and get picks from them as well? Like so, picks go back and forth. O- OBJ, so you're, in you're trade. basically swapping Harris for OBJ. Yes, because his salary has to go. You can't get OBJ and not trim substantial salary from your cap, right? Which means one of two things: Harris is traded. Uh, the franchise tender is taken off him, or you're going to restructure uh, or release Riley Reef and draft a tackle to take his place, or restructure him and move him. So you, so you could trade Harris to Cleveland, and there's been rumblings about that, yeah. right? From you trade Harris ago. to Cleveland, and I, and I don't know how the pick swaps would work out, but the bulk of the trade is Harris to Cleveland, OBJ to the Vikings, and then I'll fill in the next gap, Antoine Winfield Jr., drafted by the Vikings late in the first round. <laughs> Reckless speculation. Who says no? Come on. I got to get close to my mic again. I had to back up after that bit of reckless I'd probably give one of those first-round picks. I'd, um, give a, I'd give up one of those first-round picks to talk to talk about OBJ. I'm not giving up a first-round pick. Are you, are you going to get a receiver in the first round who you know is a sure thing will be Odell Beckham Jr. or better? No. Then make the trade for a first-round pick. The problem is, what what's the what's the mileage on Beckham? And do the, and I mean, he's only twenty seven. And the question, but the question then comes back again: Who cares about what here? Listen, if this is Spielman saying, "No, I'm going to do this. I just traded Diggs. I got a good deal on Diggs," and Mike's like, "Yeah, but we love to run the ball. I'm run first, Mike." And Rick says, "I don't care." <laughs> is that how he call? Is that what his name? Well, he is. is. He's run first, Mike. Run, he first is run first, Mike. He's run first, Mike. <laughs> so if he if but but if Rick comes back and says, "Mike, if he was I, a rapper." He'd be run first, Mike. For sure. <laughs> I almost started, so I'm not going to do it. But anyway, we don't we don't know who wants to do what. But if you don't believe that there have been conversations of some sort between Stefanski and his people and the Vikings, and you just believe it's non-starter, I believe I believe I saw fake news. We all know that lots of times fake news is not fake news, boys. I don't know what you're talking about, John. Just saying, a lot of people like to use that term now, and it's often and it's often done out of defensiveness. I all the news was fake news. Yeah, exactly right. Everybody in the media. Was some just people would stuff like up. some people some people who have uh, um, ranches in Kentucky would like you to believe it's not real, but it is a lot of times. Yeah, I mean this so, is this is not, not this is not just made up out of no. thin air, as Moose from WFAN said earlier today. But I just, by the way, have been making a list here during the segment. If you're wondering, like. Would the Vikings really do something this splashy? I mean, that's... Boy, would they do something like this? This is just off the top them? of my head, a partial list of splash moves the Vikings have made in the last 10 years alone. Okay. All right? Yep. They uh, they brought Brett Farvin from Green Bay and the Jets. Spielman. Paid him a million dollars a game. Of and Spielman. That you don't need to go any further. Spielman, Brett Favre. Spielman right. involved. Spielman involved in that. Yeah, keep they, going. They brought Brett Farvin. <laughs> yeah. They brought Randy Moss back in 2010. Spielman after involved. After mm-hmm. agreeing to a deal to bring, was it... Vincent Jackson. Vincent Jackson in from the Chargers, who at the time was one of the best wide receivers in the NFL. Yes, sir. Donovan McNabb was the starting quarterback here at one point. Now, Donovan wasn't in his prime like OBJ, but that was a splash move. 
Uh, going back a little further, they traded multiple picks for Jared Allen, who was one of the best pass rushers in the NFL. 2008. Super splashy move. Correct. They signed Kirk Cousins in free agency. Yep. For $30 and, million dollars a year. And what's the common denominator of every deal you're going down? Rick Spielman was involved in all of them. Dude, Rick loves Rick, to puff the, his chest. Rick's the one who told Brad, I got a chance to trade for Moss. And Rick is also the, the guy who said, who basically brokered and did a lot of work on the Jared Allen trade, which, by the way, turned out to be a great trade. Yeah, It was a great, and they gave, the Vikings gave up a haul to get him. But you know what? It gave them the dominant pass rushing right end that that team needed so badly at the time. So, yeah. They also traded Stefan Diggs like four weeks ago. They also and, so, and and they also said when it came to Percy Harvin and Stefan Diggs, essentially in both cases, we have no intention of trading said player, and then turned around and traded them. And that's the funny thing to me. How many people are in my timeline or in the score north timeline? I have that up because I'm on TweetDeck going, guys, somebody within the Browns already said that this is false. This is not happening. How do you not remember a month ago? A month ago, one month ago, the Vikings saying we're not trading Stephon Diggs. A month ago. You forgot that already? How did you forget that already? And how do you not know by this stage in your life? However, like if you're 15 or 16 or older, that sports teams lie all the time, all the time. This happens almost every day in the sports world. Somebody's lying about some rumor that's out there about them or their team. How how is anybody who listens to us not grasping that or don't don't remember that? It it blows my mind. There is no reason or the rumors or whatever you're talking about to, to anticipate that Stefan Diggs is not going to be a Minnesota Viking. What? What? Did he lie? Did he? Did I just hear a lie, guys? He didn't get traded, right? <laughs> the fans, fans told me he's not going to be traded. Amazing. I feel like there's truth to all rumors. Amazing. How excited were you guys when you saw that tweet come across from our WFAN friend Moose this morning? I was just like, Oh god, yes, this is what they've been doing for the last two weeks. It's like it was they've just like been Christmas. sitting there trying to come was, up with a blockbuster. I, trade. I thanked him so emphatically just for giving us something of substance to yeah. talk about. <laughs> just, just. Well, there's that too. I guess <laughs> it was it was manna from sports heaven, and but but this is what the draft is about too. I bet you guys, I bet you that we find out of all the talks that the Vikings have had and will have going up to the first round on Thursday. I bet we find out about what two to three percent, right? But what we do find out, you got to run with because they're having the talks. Oh. And, and in the Vikings' case, guess what? There's a chance it might happen. I forgot one of the splash moves. Terry tweets into the show, at Phil Mackey, at Jay Zolgat, at Rami is tweeting, Sam Bradford. They gave up a bunch of, they gave up picks for Sam Bradford. First round pick, right? Just right before the season started. The Vikings make splash moves more than any team in the NFL. Sorry, Rami. Can I throw my conspiracy theory out there on where this rumor is coming from? Should we do it next? Sure. Okay. Rami's conspiracy theory. I've connected the dots. I've connected the dots, guys. Detec- I see, Detective Rami. I see what's going on here. All right. Detective Rami, when we come back here. Also, a couple other questions to ask, because it is worth bringing up that Odell Beckham Jr. is probably on the Mount Rushmore of quote-unquote diva wide receivers. So how much does that matter if the Vikings were to actually do this? We'll get Detective Rami in the mix here. And just a quick mention, too, for the Score North app, which you would have caught wind of this rumor and speculation this morning if you would have had the Score North app in your pocket on your phone because we send out push notifications for major breaking and developing news. So you can uh, download it for free in the Google Play Store 
or in the Apple Store. And you can read Judd Zulgad, Matthew Collar, Derek Wetmore, etc. And you can also listen live or on demand to Score North programming. It's the Score North app. And we're here keeping you entertained during this crazy coronavirus period. When we come back, much more on these Odell Beckham Jr. Vikings rumors and reports that came out today from WFAN in New York. It's Mackie and Jeb with Rami from the TCL studios. And during these tough times, Federated Insurance wants to express their gratitude for one thing that remains true, your American spirit. Thank you to medical professionals, to rescue workers for all your service here and everything you're going to continue to do in the coming weeks and months. And also thank you to local businesses. You are our community partners, our neighbors, our families, our friends, and Federated is here to help you and stand behind you local business owners. Federated's been around for over a 100 years based in Owatonna, Minnesota. And during these times, they have been helping business owners come up with information and plans regarding recommended communication to their employees, pandemic policies and procedures. With things changing sometimes by the day, by the hour, it's nice to have an experienced entity like Federated Mutual Insurance Company standing behind your business. Find out more information about your local marketing representative at federatedinsurance.com. Federated, it's their business to protect yours. Jonathan here with the Score North download. We could all use a little help while quarantined, and thanks to our many great local partners, Score North Listening Rewards is here to help with some cash relief. All month long, Score North is giving you the chance at $25 to $200 in cash just for listening to us. For your chance at free cash, download the Score North mobile app, register, and you could be a winner. Over at scorenorth.com right now, if you haven't had enough Vikings coverage, which, let's be honest, you can't have enough during these times because there's nothing else to do and to read, go over to scorenorth.com right now because we've got all the Vikings coverage you could ever want as Judd Zolgad has his piece, his third piece on dra- Vikings draft memories, looking at the Adrian Peterson draft pick. And Matthew Collar also has two series going on right now, part five of the best Vikings draft fits. He's now looking at safeties as well as the 20 greatest journeyman quarterback seasons of all time. Chapter one of that one. So go check that out for free over at scorenorth.com and for free on the free scorenorth mobile app. That's been your scorenorth download. Now back to Mackie and Jonathan Rami. So, you know, last night, um, you know, I, I get a, a, a text from, you know, a good, well-placed source, right? And um, Someone in the know. Correct, correct, who basically said, you know, that don't be surprised if you see Odell Beckham Jr. get traded to the Minnesota Vikings for a second and five, a two and a five next year. So the Odell, you know, you know, that's what, you know, he was hearing. Uh, he said, don't be surprised if that deal does not go, it does not happen. Uh, that it's, uh, you know, it's not a done deal by any stretch of the imagination. I want to come on the airwaves and tell you that. But, you know, the Cleveland Browns are having conversations with the Minnesota Vikings, and there have been talks about Odell getting dealt to Minnesota and the cost back in return as of right now, or as of the, within the last, you know, 48 hours, has been a, a two and a five that would go back to Cleveland and Odell Beckham Jr. then would be on his third team, which would be the Minnesota Vikings. Not a done deal by any stretch, but as we get inch closer and closer next Thursday night. Reckless speculation. That is from Moose on WFAN. He joined Score North Live with Rami earlier today. 
And you can find that full interview wherever you find podcasts. Just search Score North Live, Apple, Spotify, Score North app. But uh, yeah, we're, we're, we're just sort of dissecting this from all angles. The potential of Odell Beckham Jr. playing in a Vikings uniform. And Rami, we throw it over to you, Detective Rami, to lead the way here. So Odell Beckham Jr. played in New York for a long time. Moose. Moose is based in New York, obviously. WFAN out there, Moose and Maggie. And he said he got a text, and I asked him, was this unsolicited, or were you were you digging, were you sniffing around to see if an OBJ trade was in the works? And he said, nope, totally unsolicited. Just got done giving the three, five, and seven-year-old a bath and putting him to bed, and I look at my phone, and there's a text saying what you just heard him lay out right there. Totally unsolicited. He gets this text, this anonymous tip. Well, anonymous to us. He knows the source. But anonymous tip to us. I thought that's how anonymous sourcing worked. You were just like, oh. <laughs> I can't tell you your, who I am, your phone pops but up. I have a hot tip for e- you. Everyone is, uh, <laughs> is a deep throat from Watergate. <laughs> so him, Moose being in New York, and Odell Beckham Jr. having a, a long run in New York, I suspect that whoever decided to pick up the phone and text Moose out of the blue is in... Odell Beckham Jr.'s circle. Why would why would Moose have sources inside the Cleveland Browns organization? Mm-hmm. Now, people move around the league all the time. It could be somebody who went from the front office of the Giants to the Browns. But I think the more direct line here is that somebody in Odell Beckham Jr.'s circle threw this out there to Moose. And if this trade has not been discussed, if this is just made up out of the thin blue air, this is Odell Beckham Jr. putting it out in the ether, poisoning the waters with maybe the Browns are looking to trade Odell Beckham Jr. because agents and play, well, players by proxy through their agents do that all the time. If they want out of somewhere, but they don't want to be a problem, and maybe Odell Beckham Jr. is finally thinking straight and realizing, hey, if I'm, if I'm vocal about how unhappy I am here, after the headache I already was for the New York Giants, mm-hmm. my value only goes down. My value in a trade only goes down, which would make the tr- make the trade harder to pull off. And my value when I want another contract goes down. If I'm a headache everywhere I go, that is not good for my future in the NFL. Nor is it good for me getting out of Cleveland if that's what I want. I think this is Odell Beckham Jr. and his people, whether or not the trade was talked about or not, I think that's the source, and that's where this is coming from to Moose. Does, it, does that add up to you guys? Absolutely, yeah. Mm-hmm. Be, because as, as uh, Jake Glazer reported late in the season, there's no question that Odell Beckham was going up to opposing coaches and players and saying, trade for me, I Get want me out. out of here. Yeah. Exactly right. So, so that, that means that Odell Beckham didn't mesh with or like not only playing in Cleveland, but also likely Baker Mayfield, right? And so at that point in time, if you're Stefanski and you get this job, the one guy that I would guess as an offensive-minded coach that you're going to be tied to is your quarterback. Drafted high. It's not like you're going to come in and say, you know what, Baker Mayfield, you stink. I'm going to blow you out. You probably took the job with the with your own assessment that I can work with said quarterback. Mm-hmm. But that does not mean that anybody else on that offense is your guy or responsibility. And so my guess is that Stefanski at some point in the last few months probably sat down with OBJ and OBJ said, yeah, I really don't like Baker. I really don't like being here. And Stefanski's like, that's fine. We'll try and trade you. And what would make 
more sense with OBJ trying to get out than for Stefanski also to reach out to his old team, which just traded Diggs. And the other tie-in, too, and I'm not saying that that Mike would like this idea, but when it comes to Zimmer, the logical tie-in is that what's the one thing, and he came here known for this, that he has prided himself on, working with problem children, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, Vontez Perfect in Cincinnati, Pac-Man. There have been some guys here. He's known now, Everson for, Griffin, really. Yeah, he's, he's easy to draft him, but he's known for having the ability to take guys who have been who have star potential and have been problem children and work, if not magic, done a good job. And so there's also to Rami's grand point, there's also a very good chance that Stefanski said, We'll try and trade you to a team where I know that, that one, you could fit in, two, you'd be playing for a coach who's done a really good job with guys like you who have star potential. And so, yeah, for for his camp then to get that to a reporter in New York makes some sense. The whole thing does make sense. That's Mm -hmm. the thing about trying to just dismiss it and say it's just not true. It might not happen, but that doesn't mean that if you put the pieces of this entire puzzle together that talks between the Browns and the Beckham camp and the Vikings, yeah. They figure. And I think Odell Beckham Jr., he, the way that he lives his life on social media and the way that he has expressed to other players in the NFL at various times, you know, like, come get me. Hey, I'm out. He operates more like an NBA player does. NBA players over the last 15 years or so have, the, the star players have just decided where they're going to play. LeBron James basically started the whole movement in, what, 10 years ago now, like 2010. And Odell Beckham Jr., I think, kind of fits in that category. For a long time, NFL players just, in quarterbacks, rarely move teams now. Like, the, the top 10 quarterbacks in the NFL just sort of play out with the same team. And But I think you're seeing with running backs and wide receivers more and more, and even some other positions, that they look over at the NBA and say, wait, those those guys get to kind of call their shots and decide where they want to play. They're not just going to grind it out in some crappy city with a bad set of teammates. They're going to force their way out and sign maybe shorter contracts, et cetera, et cetera, right? So if you're Odell Beckham Jr. and you're looking at maybe some of your guys in the NBA who get what they want and you're just done in Cleveland mentally, you're just like, I I know that like you don't get to be a free agent, but you're just done mentally in Cleveland. This is where I buy what Rami is saying here. I think your theory on this is right. If If he has decided he's done in Cleveland, and I don't even think that he gets really the choice to pick the Vikings. It's just like he would get to decide he's done in Cleveland and then do what he can to force his way out, and then the Browns would get to pick the trade partner. And I think the Vikings, from a win-loss perspective, would actually be one of the better landing spots for him if it happened. But this is how you would do it, right? You would you would, you would, would float the notion internally a couple months ago, hope that something happens before free agency. If something doesn't happen, okay, well, what's your next option? Make more noise, right? Like, you're not going to force a trade by doing nothing. So it makes perfect sense that he would float something to New York media, WFAN, or float something to somebody with a megaphone just to get it out there to say, hey, no, these these talks are happening. I am available. Hey, like, this is the package right here. So, Rami, I fully buy your conspiracy and the reason Bravo, you would, well done. Thank you. The reason you would do that if you're Odell Beckham Jr. and his reps is that even if this trade isn't being talked about, if, if somebody just threw completely false information to Moose, other teams around the league, they read that, they hear that, and they go, wait, Odell Beckham Jr. is on the trade block? Let me call up the Browns. And enough offers come into the Browns, they're going to get one they like enough to pull the trigger. 
That that's the that's the chain of events that if my theory is right, Odell Beckham Jr. and his representatives are hoping occurs here moving forward. Jonathan, you have a clip from Purple Daily today. Yeah, this was Ken Carmen. He joined uh, Matthew Collar in the last segment. He's from 92.3 The Fan, does mornings there in Cleveland. Here's what he said about kind of what you guys are saying. And I also know that he's very close with family members, and he's very close with his inner circle. And that inner circle does not want him in Cleveland. Yeah. Uh, I, I heard about those things during the season last year, and, and I wanted to not listen to him because I'm a big fan of Odell Beckham Jr., but I, I really felt that there was a lot of people that I was hearing that were saying, listen, man, there's there's people around him who do not want him there, and they're going to try to force his way out of there. And that's not even Odell. Those are the people around him. So, by the way, that full interview and two hours of great discussion from Purple Daily today, the only five-day-a-week, year-round Viking show in the Twin Cities, podcastable Apple, Spotify, or the Scorn with that, Purple Daily with Matthew Collar. Let's get to the next elephant in the room question here, all right? The Vikings, and I've seen a lot of people in our Twitter mentions already today, like, wait a second, you just got rid of one diva wide receiver. Why would you want to bring in maybe even a bigger diva wide receiver? The Mount Rushmore of diva wide receivers for sure includes Odell right. Beckham Jr. Uh, to what extent do you guys think Odell Beckham Jr. is and would be a diva, and, and how much would that influence what you'd be willing to do in a trade here? Well, my, my question is this. Would you alter things offensively from what Kubiak is going to do at all if you introduced OBJ to the depth chart? It was, it, and instead of going Thielen, BC Johnson, it went OBJ, Thielen as the second guy. That's my first question. But I think the tip off internally here on the conversation, gents, is this. I think the fracture that we think is going on with, with the Vikings is happening. I think this is, you have two guys in the last year of their contracts that, that are tied together right now by a lot of people assuming that Spielman and Zim are basically in lockstep, which I don't know that they are. I'm telling you, I could see this easily being Spielman's way because he likes to make splash moves. Spielman has a, as Phil ran down, has a history of doing exactly this. And I could see him saying to the guys that own this team, the Wilfs right now, I can get you a guy who is perceived as a star receiver in this league, who played for the team that you guys truly love, who is going to make, just by his presence, a splash, who, if and when people are allowed back in stadiums, is going to generate people saying, I really want to go see the Vikings. What this does to me is just the mere presence of talks solidifies my belief that you have people in Egan going in vastly different directions and that our assessment's right, that there is no real grand plan here, that there's a lot of people with their own agendas and their own plans trying to serve what they think is going to help them keep their job. But this whole thing of previously a lot of important people being on the same page is likely gone. Well, but adding Odell Beckham Jr. to the mix, I don't. I, I, here, I, well, let me go. Let me go this way with it. Is it possible that Gary Kubiak and Mike Zimmer have learned a little bit from the Stefan Diggs falling out too? Okay, maybe we didn't target him enough. We can still run the ball and be ball control, yeah. and also get a good player in the mix more often. So if Odell Beckham Jr. comes into the mix, 
Is he only going to get targeted 95 or 100 times? Did you just ask if it was possible that a tiger changed its stripes? Is that is that what you just asked? Because that's an expression for a reason. A tiger does not change its stripes, and Mike Zimmer will not change the way that he operates and the style of football that he wants his football teams to play. If he was going to change that, if he was going to actually open up his ears and listen to what Odell or what Stephon Diggs was saying last year about his role in the offense, why wouldn't he do it last year when he still had Stephon Diggs? You know what I mean? Why why butt heads with Stephon Diggs for however long he did after he skipped two practices and was fined? Why why wait till the guy is out the door and you already had a wasted season with one of your best wide receivers in in the franchise's history? And that's saying something when you're talking about the Minnesota Vikings is is so upset that you can't even keep him in the building. But here's the thing, okay? Let's we're talking about Mike Zimmer trusting Gary Kubiak to like, Mike Zimmer does trust Gary Kubiak and believes everything that Gary Kubiak stands for offensively, right? He, the, the, he he believes Gary Kubiak is an extension of his offensive brain, Mike Zimmer's offensive brain, and now he can go worry about the defense. Well, Diggs presumably wasn't thrilled with only being targeted ninety four times last year, not necessarily solely for selfish reasons, but because hey, if you get the ball more to me, I'm one of the best players in the NFL, like. Let's bump that 94 back up to 149 where it was in 2018 and watch what I can do, right? Well, Gary Kubiak in 2015 as the head coach of the Denver Broncos oversaw an offense that had Demarius Thomas targeted 177 times and Emmanuel Sanders 136 times. So to sit here and say that like, well, sorry, Gary Kubiak, 94 targets is all you're going to get if you're a number one or number one wide, uh, number one or number two wide receiver, like one of his most successful seasons. I think that was the Super Bowl year, wasn't it? That one of his most successful seasons was a year in which two wide receivers split for three hundred plus targets. So there's there's targets to be had for a number one and a number two wide receiver and a successful Gary Kubiak offense. If if Rick uh, spun the Diggs trade with Buffalo in to the amount of draft picks that he did, and that's a good trade. Diggs is a massive loss, but it's a good trade. And then the return for OBJ is a second and a fifth. Rick wins. What I'm saying is, I, I think we are we are still th- thinking all for one and one for all. What I'm telling you is, I see Rick is saying, hold on a second here. I'm going to look good. And all that's ultimately important right now in in saving one's own hide is looking good. So if they can make it work, God bless them. That's great. And if they can't, then they're probably gone. But if but if the Wills say, you know what, Rick, that was a hell of a trade. You spun digs, and then you got OBJ. And the coaching staff is at fault because they didn't make it work. That's not Rick's fault. That's my point. Is I think I think we're trying to think of this as a galvanized unit trying to do what's best. And at some point in time, and this happens in all sports, at some point in time, people start to cut bait and say, what looks good for me? And taking digs and turning him into the amount of draft picks that Rick did from Buffalo looks good. And if you now turn around and trade two draft picks, not a first for OBJ, who the Wilfs might absolutely love, that looks good. And if the coaching staff does right by him, great. If they don't, guess who might not pay with his job? Rick Spielman. I love I love the dueling conspiracy theories here. Not dueling, but like yeah. two different conspiracies. I agree with Rami's. I like Rami's a lot. Yeah, so just to sum up what you're saying, Judd, you're saying, all right, Zimmer has one vision for how to create a Super Bowl caliber team, an offense, and Rick Spielman has a different vision 
maybe not fully separate, but like the Venn diagram is not overlapping Rick's, as much as you want. Rick's vision is to have a contract beyond 2020. What I'm saying is it might be time. Mike might be in the lifeboat, and Rick's about to cut off the rope and say, "Sorry, dude." But I, you're, but you're, I, I got them. Or, or Rick is jumping into, I, I guess, in the analogy to put it best, the lifeboat himself right. and taking it. But what you're also saying too is like, well, listen, we had two of the top twelve wide receivers on the roster here, Mike, and you pissed one of them off to the point where he demanded to trade. Right. All right. Well, I, I got you another one here. I got you Odell Beckham Jr. You guys figure it out. And right. if they don't figure it out, or if there's disgruntlement, then Rick is the good cop, and he gets to say, "Hey, listen, I brought in all this talent." But just on OBJ alone, let's go back to OBJ alone here for a second. If you're just joining us here on Mackie and Judd with Rami, earlier this morning, Moose from WFAN in New York came out and said, hey, um, really, I was talking to my anonymous sources around the NFL, and one of them said that the Browns and the Vikings are engaged in discussions for Odell, Odell Beckham Jr. for a second and a fifth round pick. He came on Score North Live earlier today, and you can find that full interview Score North Live on the Score North app, Apple, or Spotify. But on the diva front, to what extent does Odell Beckham Jr. himself, as a personality with a little bit of baggage in the NFL, how much does it scare you guys? How, much, how nervous would you be? Ryan? Kirk Cousins as a quarterback, Mike Zimmer as the head coach and leader? A little bit. Can they handle like, it? Like I said before, if and Moose covered Odell Beckham Jr. for what eight, six, seven, eight years? How long was he in New York? I don't know. Uh, five or six years. Moose covered him the whole time he was there, and he says, and look, Moose has no no reason. He's not in Odell Beckham Jr.'s camp. He doesn't make money off Odell Beckham Jr. He has no reason to lie about this. He said, as long as you're winning football games, Odell Beckham Jr. is not a problem. And with guys like that. I'm always willing to take that risk because if we're already losing football games, Odell Beckham Jr. being a headache is the least of my problems, and this thing has already gone off the rails. You know what I mean? So if if he's not going to be a problem as long as you're winning, great. And if he's going to be a problem when you're losing, just add it to the list. So I never shy away from guys like that. Yeah, I'd, I'd agree, and I do think that now, if you think he's broken down and can't play and, and is going to come here and be a shell of him of his former self, but he's still going to be a pain in the posterior, then I don't want him because at some point in time, if the baggage starts to outweigh the talent, that's a bad, bad idea. But if you're if you are truly looking at what you think might be your last year, unless you win now, um, I think it becomes imperative probably that, that you make decisions that you know what might be great and might be terrible, but it's a chance or a gamble that, that you have to take. Where I do agree with you from the outset of the show, Phil, is this though: if it was me in Spielman's shoes, I'm solidifying that offensive line and the left tackle before I'm being concerned about Beckham. But that doesn't mean with Rick's past that he might not say to himself, "Well, you know what, the offensive line yeah. is not going to be great. I'm going to draft there and try and improve it." But this is the type of splash move that I can make, and that's at least doable. So I don't think Cousins and Zimmer are the perfect duo to navigate turbulence with Odell Beckham Jr. I think if something goes off the rails or he becomes upset in some form, I don't think Cousins is the type of leader, and I don't think Zimmer is the type of patient personality that would just, all right, everything's cool. Like you know, Pete Carroll dealing with personalities makes me more confident if I'm a Seahawks fan than Mike Zimmer dealing with personalities. Even though Zimmer does have 
some track record in taking problem children, like you said, Judd, throughout his career, even going back to the Bengals. So I would be a little nervous if something went off the rails, if a, if a Stefan Diggs-type thing happened. All right, how are those two guys, Cousins and Zimmer, going to deal with it? But what I'm most interested in here, from a draft perspective, is you've got these 12 picks. I don't think it makes sense to just use your 12 picks and bring 12 rookies into camp and see what happens. Like You should be using your draft capital with, to look for splash moves. Also, key thing, 12 draft picks with absolutely no hint of an off-season program Correct. available. So you're going to show up for training camp on whenever it starts, yes. and nobody's going to... They're, they're going to have basically talked on Skype. So can you use three or four or five of these picks, ranging from your two first-rounders all the way to your late-round picks... To either move up and get a, a you know a more highly touted blue chip rookie, or and or can you use some of your draft capital to get an established player like Odell Beckham Jr. or a left tackle Trent Williams? Right, I I I love the concept of using some of your draft capital to get one of the best wide receivers in the NFL, and then using your two first round picks to fix major needs, and you still have a third round pick. Like you still have five picks in the top 115 or whatever the uh, the math counts out to be. Mm-hmm. So I like all of this makes sense to go back to the beginning of the show. You know, when you're trying to sniff out, okay, how legitimate is this? Like the first instinct for people I think is, well, it's not Jay Glazer and it's not one of the top NFL reporters in the country. It's not Adam Schefter. And like Schefter went on a show. I saw someone tweet Schefter went on a show today and said, yeah, I don't get the sense that Cleveland's going to trade Odell Beckham Jr. And like the fact that Schefter says that gives me a little pause here. But man, like the story adds up for the Vikings. Everything adds up from the connection to Kevin Stefanski to the disgruntled nature of Odell Beckham Jr.'s Cleveland career to this point to the need at wide receiver for the Vikings. Like all of this makes sense. And the draft capital the Vikings have to be able to trade a couple picks for an established player. And um, I think the only remaining question off this is if they were to do this, just from a football perspective, how much does it help the team? And it probably goes back to what Judd's been talking about. How much does it help the team? Well, how much are you willing to throw to Adam Thielen and and Odell Beckham Jr.? But it helps us a ton. So I don't care about the team. I care about us. It is so fun. I care about Score North. And guess who gets helped? If OBJ is playing in this town, it's Score North. Well, I think I would argue fans get helped too because this is so much fun if you're a Vikings fan. They can come aboard with us. Absolutely. (laughs) I'm not discouraging the fan base. Rami, now that you're hanging out here with us in the Twin Cities the last 15 months or so, this type of stuff never happened in Green Bay when you were covering the Packers. Not as much. Ted Thompson would never even sign a free agent. No, it was, this stuff happens every other year in the Twin Cities. No, stuff like this would happen <laughs> elsewhere, and people in 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 Wisconsin would be like, "Why aren't we in on Odell Beckham?" Jr.? Like every guy, it's true though. Like it why, is. Why would the Packers not trade for Odell Beckham Jr.? Like Aaron Rodgers has three years left. Guys, to the point that do you guys follow uh, Aaron Nagler from Cheesehead TV? Yes, yes, yeah. I do. He's a hilarious dude and <laughs> really smart football guy. As soon as somebody is on the market, whether it's a free agent or there is a trade rumor out there, he will just quote tweet. The the report with no, <laughs> because he knows as soon as Packers fans see that, oh, they're going to be flooding his timeline with, hey, how about this guy? So he'll just quote tweet the report that so-and-so is available with just one word, no, that's and that's great. it. And with the Vikings, the quote tweet is, hmm. <laughs> My emoji from Collar. Because it's always that. Maybe. Yeah, they're in. Tom Brady, probably. (laughs) Brett Favre, they got him. 
Amazing. There was, I can't even go with this. Someone, I think it was loyal listener Chad tweeted us. There's some account that's like NFL. Here it is. It's like NFL news or something. No, I lost it now. Uh, here we go. Yeah. This is highly, highly reckless. All right. Reckless speculation. It's an account that's just my sports update. My sports update. And the A is a Q, so that makes this account even more of a burner. <laughs> wait, what? He's saying it's the a, a is a Q. He's saying it's a seventh. It's a. Oh wait, it's the. It's that. It's that the Vikings would be giving a second and a fourth. Oh, but he's citing Jay Glazer, so it's it's fake. Never mind. Reckless speculation. Totally fake. This is okay. Write that down. Is coming up in five minutes. Yes. We all have to make some kind of an Odell Beckham Jr. prediction. Oh, I've got mine already. In addition to the three. So we'll come back and let's just go yay oh, or nay. We'll go whatever yay Whatever you want to do, I don't okay. care. I've got one. All right. Write that down, predictions, and an accountability session when we come back here to Mackie and Jeb with Rami. And we'll keep you posted if anything Odell Beckham Jr. Vikings related breaks beyond the speculation from earlier today. We got you covered here on Score North, the Score North app, and scorenorth.com. In times like these, you may not be thinking about blood donation, but blood is needed every day by patients facing a range of serious illnesses. If you're healthy, please schedule an appointment to donate by visiting redcrossblood.org or just use the keyword red over at scorenorth.com. TCL is a proud sponsor of the Score North Studios. TCL, America's fastest growing TV brand. One, two, three. It's Mackie and Judd with Rami. With Rami. Most sports talking heads make predictions, then hope you forget about how wrong they were. But not Mackie and Judd with Rami. This is the big leagues where we own our terrible predictions. Write this down. And keep track of each other's batting averages. Write it down. You like writing things down. It's Write That Down with Mackie, Judd, and Rami. Write that down. Write that down. I don't have a pencil. Well, remember that. Then. And just to keep it all in line, let's all make at least one Odell Beckham Jr. prediction, even if it is additive. I have one as part of mine. If you want to make, an, if you already have your three and there are no OBJ predictions and you want to make another one, we all have to make an OBJ related prediction today with all these Vikings. I'll hold one of mine out. and add an OBJ one that I had as a okay. fourth. That's fair. So the segment is Write That Down every Wednesday at 5 o'clock here on Mackie and Jeb with Rami. You can listen. Back via podcast, Apple, Spotify, or the Score North app. And you can watch along with us as well, not only for this segment, but all of our shows now are being live video streamed on Score North Twitter, Facebook, and Twitch. And you can find clips of our Vikings content on our YouTube page. But here's how Write That Down works. Three predictions from everybody involved, including Mackie Judd Rami, Jonathan, Manny Hill. And we are welcoming guest predictors, listeners, to come in every single week and make their predictions and take their swings as well. If you want your chance to be part of the segment, all you have to do is download the Score North app, and you can enter for your chance to play and write that down. We keep track of batting averages and home runs, gentlemen. Those are the two statistics uh, statistics that matter. Write it down. You like writing things down. You used to keep track of of more, but then our, our statistician got a little bit lazy. 
Well, the doubles and the triples became like too ambiguous. Like, what's a triple? I agree with Mackie. The analytics were important, you two. No no point. No one cares about slugging percentage. It's it's bombs and batting average. I'm with Mackie. It's old school fantasy baseball. Whatever. (laughs) It's old school fantasy. I love how, like, the crusty old guy wants the analytics to be broken down. He wants OPS above replacement. He wants OPS involved. I enjoyed the gappers. Okay? He wants us to calculate everybody's war and write that down. Well, Judd, maybe you should make a prediction that actually comes off the board oh, at some point. Wow. 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 Just milking that average wow. all year. I'm tracking pitches. Eat. Tracking pitches for a month? It's spring training. I'm tracking pitches. Up and in with that one. Chin music. Yeah. That's, Good God. That, that, was, that was nasty. Wow. Yummy. Well, before we get to our accountability session. I'm not saying I don't like it. Just Wow. <laughs> Randy Johnson, you're the bird. <laughs> wow, you're under, you're under arrest, man. Peter wants you. Here are some predictions that are still on the board from recent weeks and in some cases recent years. Jonathan, you predicted fairly recently that Carol Baskins will get arrested for the murder of her ex-husband within the next three months. Any new developments on that in the last week or two? I, well, I she hasn't been arrested, anything. so no. Not yet. I see. I saw Doc Antle go on Levitard for three or four days straight and what? Lay oh, Levitard out, loves lay him. out how she killed her husband. Yes. <laughs> what? Yeah. And Levitard loves That's this amazing. guy. Just nothing but softballs. Dude, Doc Antelo <laughs> is the sneaky creepiest guy in that yes. entire thing. Wow. Not to hear him tell it. He's just he's just a normal guy who likes dating. Yeah. And has tigers. And there's a ponytail that looks like that. Ugh. Rami, you predicted at one point that KG will be a member of the Timberwolves front office by the 2021 yeah, season. About that. I don't that's think that's happening. happening. Should we just take it off the board now? We might as well. It's going to be tough. Unless Glenn Taylor is selling the team sometime soon. Yeah, It's going to be tough. Uh, let's see. I have Jonathan Harrison making at least two movie-related predictions in 2020. So far, none. Are any movies even going to come out the rest of 2020? Yeah, probably not. That's Unfortunately. Not, that's right? not his problem. That's your problem. I know. The and, coronavirus just messed with us. And Judd, three or four years ago, you predicted that Big Ten Restaurant would reopen somewhere on East Bank of campus, but you didn't put an end date on and this And we one. talked to our guy from the Big Ten Restaurant, and I forgot to ask him that day. I should have asked him. Yeah, we could reach out to him from, from 30 Bales. I should have but, said, are you thinking about it? But there's no end date on this, so I guess like it just stays How'd on the board. How did you come across that? I have all the predictions saved. No, I know, but like for this week, how how did you just? You, you I just, just went through looking I, at that one. I went to the very back of the book for where all of your your predictions with no time limit on them. Do you want those? Do you guys want all of Judge predictions that are still on the board? Big, yes. Big Ten Restaurant will be the man. Was one of them. I know. That. <laughs> <laughs> so you know, part of this is like if you don't put an end date on your prediction, it just stays on the board for forever. So here are right. some of Judd's. I have a database that goes back to 2015. Some of these predictions wow. from Judd go back five years okay. with no end date. Arizona State will join the Big Ten Hockey Conference. That could still happen, actually. So that stays on the board until either ho- ho- college hockey dissolves or <laughs> Arizona State joins the Big Ten. Yeah, really, what's the timeline on that? There, 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 there is isn't none. one. That's, the, that's what makes it so great. You said the Carolina Hurricanes will relocate to Quebec. With no time limit on it. Come on, man. <laughs> hey, who's to say it won't happen? Uh, you've got Larry Brown coaching again. Yeah, well, that could that's going to have an expiration date. <laughs> One way or the other. <laughs> no, it seriously is. I mean, 
You're not going to go on in perpetuity. <laughs> it's going to come off the board at some point. Last One week's write that down session was super dark, and we're already trending that way. Uh, let's see here. You've got the kickoff. Well, this has a deadline on it. Um, yeah, there's a few other ones. Like O.J. Simpson will violate his parole and be reincarcerated. That stays on the board until it happens or until O.J. dies. So, anyways, those are some predictions. When's he off parole? Write this down. It's got to be a few years, right? Yeah, that, that I don't know. That we could find out. I'm not sure. Also, Google it. All right, so here's the accountability session. We're going to get our guy Manny in here. Manny, what's going on with you? How's quarantine life? Oh, you know, just been uh, doing what I can around the house and binge watching a lot on Netflix and things like that. And what are we watching these days, Manny? Uh, a little bit of everything. I actually started binge watching Shameless again the other day, so that's been kind of fun. That's on my list of shows I might go back and watch. It is a fantastic show. That's what I hear. It really is. Right. Yeah. Shameless. I'll add that to my list as well. So here's the accountability session. Gentlemen, Judd, nothing off the board. Again, Jonathan had nothing come off the board this week. Rami, you said that the XFL would not last two full seasons. Yeah, I'm not happy about that. Yeah. Yet. It counts. I didn't, want it, I didn't want it to happen this way. It counts. I didn't want all these what people you, to Are you serious? Yeah. You know, oh, no, I wouldn't care. You won. I just, because it happened in the way that it happened, and it's one of many businesses that's unfortunately shutting down because of this coronavirus and the impact on the account. I didn't want to be right like this, but I'll take the point. So Rami gets the point there. Long story short. <laughs> I love I you want it like this, but I'll take it. Manny Hill, I love that you had the guts to make a prediction that would come off the board soon as opposed to like normal sports league predictions you had trey young winning the nba and espn horse competition well they had they played right away they played one round and old chauncey billups took down trey young in that game they played one round and all of us lost unwatchable that was awful God, it was brutal. Yeah. I mean, can I? Can, it was just a disaster. Can I stand up for Trey Young a little bit here? In that Chauncey Billups, who has like a two hundred million dollar net worth, probably or something like a hundred million dollars. Chauncey Billups has a legit actual basketball court in his backyard with real hoops and glass backboards. And Trey Young looked like he was playing on one of those ones that you cement into the ground with like a plastic backboard. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, Trey Young, like Trey Young, isn't living check to check, but he doesn't have Chauncey Billups net worth by any means. So, he is right. a rookie. He is a rookie. He hasn't stacked. He hasn't stacked the dollar bills quite yet. No, he is not. Uh, listeners had nothing come off the board this week. I had a couple things come off the board. I told you guys Rob Gronkowski would lose the twenty four seven championship by this time this week in the WWE. Do you still have it. Still has it. And then I told you guys that Kevin Harvick would win the NASCAR I race last weekend. That would be Kevin Harvick's video game car and. I went to go find results. I couldn't even find results. I'm assuming he didn't win, but someone did drop an N-bomb. Yeah, yes, in that I was going to say, so. that should have been your prediction. Yeah, NASCAR driver will drop what? an N-bomb. NASCAR drivers might be racist. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Fight on, NASCAR. So here are the current statistics. Rami Makloff, batting average up to 464 Look on the season. This guy right here. Wow. wow. With one home wow. run. Uh, Jonathan Harrison, the defending batting champion, he's right. up to 360 with two home runs. Judd Zolgat at 310 with one home run. I'm down to 242 with a home run. Manny Hill at 143 with a home run. And listeners at 105 
with a home run. Write it down. You like writing things down. So, all right, let's see here. We've got uh, listener Seamus is going to take some swings, and we're told that you have a special request for your first prediction. What's up, Seamus? Hey, how are you all? What's up? We're doing pretty well, man. How's quarantine life for you? Uh, it's, uh, it's going well. I, uh, unfortunately, uh, I'm getting, we were supposed to get married, me and my fiance on June 12th, but we had to postpone. Um, but, uh, other than that, I mean, you're doing just the best we can, but, uh, I am, I am the one who predicted the famed, uh, Judd Zogad bat and barrel, uh, prediction that I still think to this day I got robbed on. Um, so I do have another mm-hmm. Judd. Oh, okay. <laughs> All right. So we need Judd to do leave the to room leave? here. Yeah. All right. I'll leave. Hold on. Let's make sure that let's make sure there's no speakers on out there. Rami's door is closed. I'll go check. No cheating here. All right, hold on, Seamus. We need no shady activities here. All right, he's out of the room. All right, go ahead, Seamus. Right. Fire away. Write this so down. This is, in, this is a Judd Zogad Odell Beckham prediction. So Odell Beckham will be traded to the Vikings. And before the week one game, Judd Zogad will have already written an article blasting the trade and saying how bad it was. That we got a diva, that we've got uh, maybe he'll throw in that his dog Stella could have done a better job than Rick. <laughs> there will be some uh, some negative article about the Odell Beckham transaction before week one. Write this down. Write it down. You like writing things down. Right, Judd, you can come back. Come on back Good in the room. Thing. Okay. Alright. It's pretty good. Did That's you get good. all that, Jonathan? Like, yep, I got that pretty one. Alright. So we're gonna so Seamus Batten lead off here. We're gonna go over to Jonathan, then to Manny, then to Judd, Rami, and myself, Phil. Three predictions each, and you gotta have an Odell Beckham Jr. prediction of some kind today. He's the theme of the day with all the rumors circulating. I didn't have one I didn't have an Odell Beckham Jr. prediction down, but I have one now. Odell Beckham Jr. will get traded to the Vikings by this time tomorrow. Whoa! Oh, write this down. Write it down. You like writing yeah. things down. Yes. Thank you. How aggressive was that? Dude. He just wants to give me that trophy. <laughs> Thank you, Jonathan. I just want to hit my third home run home run of the year. That's, I love it. That's a grand slam. Well, at this wow. point, if the batting average race is just too far gone, with Rami hitting four sixty four, you might as well go for. I don't want to runs. say insurmountable, but it's approaching insurmountable. Guys, I. Overcame a hundred point deficit yeah, last year. So Robbie's got every chance to choke. Don't worry about it. Yeah, yeah. we Robbie sent, we sent out underhanded pitchers for your last right. fifty yep. at bats. Robbie okay. choked away the lead last year by making three really stupid Bears predictions. Rookie all mistake, in one week, man. So. I learned my lesson. Learned my lesson. <laughs> did you? <laughs> Hell yes, I did. <laughs> well, there's still six months left of the year. Write that down. Write this down. Eight right. months. Manny 12, Hill, 12. fire away, Manny. What's your first prediction? I just go for the layup here. You might need a layup. You might need a layup. Yeah, what the hell? I'll just go. I'll just go for something that might be a layup. Odell Beckham Jr. will not be traded to the Minnesota Vikings. All right. Write this down. Write it down. You like writing things down. All right, Judd Zilgad. All right. There will be a report from ESPN or NFL Network in the next week that the Vikings and Browns did have a conversation about an Odell Beckham Jr. trade. I'll find it, but there will be a credible report from one of those two outlets, a story saying that indeed they did have that conversation. Okay, so you're saying it's going to get to the next level. Like I'll be basically. able to document to you a story that, that what was reported by WFAN today will be confirmed by who people want, basically saying, give me uh, give me Schefter or Tommy Palacero, right? I'll get you one of those stories by next week. Okay. Write this down. Write that down. I, I don't have a pencil. Well, remember that then. Rami Makhlouf. Odell Beckham Jr. will be traded 
by the Cleveland Browns, but not to the Minnesota Vikings. Ooh, Sorry. Kill. Sorry. Yeah. Just trying to be right, guys, not trying to be popular. So, do you really think you're suited to be the fourth guy in our group, Buzz Killington? Write this down. Write it down. You like writing things down. All right. Write this down. Odell Beckham Jr. will catch 100 passes in the 2020 season. Well, let me amend. The next NFL season with the Minnesota Vikings. He will catch at least 100 passes the next NFL season with the Minnesota Vikings. On a Mike Zimmer Write coach team? I don't know. Do you want to take Write the next step? step? I'm not taking, a, I'm not taking any more there steps. There might be a shortened season. We'll see. Write it down. You like writing hey, things you know down? Hey, you made the prediction, Jonathan. We don't need any help hey, from you. Even if it's shortened. Let me tell Jonathan, shut up. If it's shortened, I still might get to 100. We'll see. <laughs> Write this down. All right, back to sh- listener Seamus here. Your second prediction, sir. All right. Hopefully this is a home run. Let me know if it is. <laughs> Kevin Fiala and Krill Kaprizov, who's not even on the team right now, will score goals in a wild win on January 1st. 2021 in the Winter Classic. Ooh, a lot of assumptions being made with that prediction. Yeah, the Kaprasov one's a good one. A lot of assumptions mm-hmm. being made. There. Write that down. I don't have a pencil. Well, remember that then. Jonathan Harrison. All right, so ESPN's airing their Jordan documentary this weekend, the first two parts of it. Did you know they're airing two versions of it, one on ESPN and one on ESPN2? This really? is great, yeah. I didn't a know that. uncensored version on Ooh. ESPN and an uns- or an uncensored version on ESPN2. So sometime next week, there will be a story that the FCC received complaints about swear words on ESPN. Does that matter okay. on cable, though? And what time, It doesn't, but there will still what be people complaining. Is this, is this going to start? Eight o'clock, I believe. I think that's time? past the time. I think you can get away with it. You can, but fully. there will still be people complaining. Okay. All right. Yeah, it makes because sense. But there's certain America. networks that yeah, you're just not used to. Like ESPN yeah. has always had a Disney bar, right? Like Disney runs the company. and mm-hmm. But at some point, maybe six or seven years ago, Comedy Central and a couple other networks oh, yeah. just said bleep it with their roasts, right? Mm-hmm. Like you'd, you'd watch a roast on Comedy Central, you know, five years ago, and all of a sudden it was like, wait, is, it, is this HBO? Like, what is this? Is right. this HBO? But so so why weren't we getting full uncensored versions of those ten or fifteen years ago? Just because companies ads. are playing it safe? Probably ads, trying to sell advertisements. Okay, I didn't know that. Hmm. Write this down. Watching. Write that down. I, I don't have a pencil. Well, remember that. Then. All right, let's go back to Manny Hill with your second prediction. The Gopher men's hockey team will win at least one game in the NCAA tournament in 2021. Okay. Write this down. Write it down. You like writing things down. A lot of assumptions being made there, too, that mm-hmm. there's going to be uh, any a kind hockey of season in 2021. Or that sports don't get yeah. cut in some form. I don't think they'll cut hockey. From uh, yeah, Minnesota. I don't think it's going to be hockey. But uh, All right, back to Judd Zolgad. Uh, next Thursday in the first round of the NFL draft, Tua is going to go in the top five. So he will not fall out of the top five. He will go, I don't know to whom, and I don't know, it might be a trade, but two is going to go in the top five of the draft. Write this down. Write it down. You like writing things down. Rami Makhlouf. Funny, I was uh, just about to make a Tua prediction myself. Tua will slip to the Vikings spot at number 22. Wow. Will slip to the Vikings spot at number 22. Write that down. Wow. And just to confirm, you're not predicting that the Vikings will take to it. I didn't say that, did okay. I? Okay. No, right. Just, just want to clarify. Make it to 22. Wow. Oh, I, so if he if that happens, 
It just means the teams are so nervous about his medicals, right? Or that there's been some like more I said yesterday, the you need three teams. We're all assuming it's a foregone conclusion the Bengals are going to take Joe Burrow. After that, you need three teams who either just aren't that high on Tua or don't like what they see in the medicals to pass on him for him to slip to the Vikings. That's it. It's the Dolphins, the Chargers, and the Raiders. And Mike Mayock told, I don't remember if it was Schefter or Graziano, I saw him on Get Up this morning, that they're good with their quarterback position. So if he's telling the truth, and he could be lying, we already went through that. Go back and listen to the podcast in hour one. NFL execs lie all the time. But if Mike there is Mayock, no reason or the rumors or whatever you're talking about to, to anticipate that Stefan Diggs is not going to be a Minnesota Viking. <laughs> if Mayock is telling the truth and me, me slapping Rick, and they're good with their quarterback position between Carr and Mariota. That means two teams need to pass on Tua for him to slip to the Vikings at two or at 22. Mm. Write it down. You like writing things down. Write this down. All right, gentlemen, write this down. You all saw the reports in the last couple of weeks that the WWE was deemed an essential business in the state of Florida. Did you guys see this? Yes. Mm-hmm. So they're, they've yes. been allowed to continue to operate, and they've gone back to their live shows starting this last Monday on Raw and then SmackDown on Friday. So they're doing these live shows. They just got all their wrestlers quarantined. They did fire a bunch of wrestlers today just to cut salaries out. Mm-hmm. Write this down. Write this down. The WWE will have its operations shut down in the month of April at some point. And by shutdown, I mean they won't be allowed to hold wrestling matches inside arenas anymore or anywhere. Like, they won't be able to do current matches, just like UFC. Like, UFC wants to put matches on. They can't put matches on because the government has not allowed them to. So WWE will probably still continue on with their programming. They'll just, like, rerun WrestleManias and stuff. But they will be shut down from having matches in the month of April at some point. All right. I love I love wrestling more than pretty much anybody in the world. Mackie, like, it's not an essential business. Do you know how many how many shows they've put in the can? They had a couple, um, but I don't know if they have any more in the can right now because they're back. Now. They're back to live. Yeah. Oh, they are AEW, which is the competing federation or group, whatever you want to call it, on Wednesday nights. I believe they have several weeks in the can. I think they've done like a month or two. There's no in fans in Florida, correct? Correct. It's just done in studios now? Yep. It's studios or like these training centers. Okay. So, but still, like, they're grappling and they're sweating and there's a referee and there's, you know, it's. Write this down. Write it down. You like writing things down. All right. Seamus, listener Seamus, your final prediction here. And write that down. All right. I don't know why this one just struck me right when Jonathan called. Um, I wasn't going to do this, but whenever the PGA Tour uh, resumes play, that first tournament, Brooks Kepka will win it. So the, so the first very going to be a major, just the first supposed, tournament. It's supposed to be in June, right? The first, yep. first tournament, if it is a major, or if it's just a tournament, Brooks Kepka will win it. It's the most random thought that appeared in my head, but I see it as clear as in front of me. Wow. All right, Seamus, well, do you have anyone in your life that you'd like to thank or any final words for uh, for the audience here? This undoubtedly the biggest moment of your life right here on Mackie and Jeb with Rami. Uh, well, as I'm, I'm 25 years old, uh, and uh, so this probably is the biggest moment of my life so far. Uh, no, uh, thank you guys for staying on air, uh, entertaining people. Um, and Vikings, if you're listening, do not draft a wide receiver in the late 20s of the first round of the draft because you can get the same production in the fourth round. Yeah, and especially after you already have Odell Beckham Jr. on your team. Like, there's true. It, definitely no yep, reason. Right? Exactly. No, no sense in doing that. 
right. All right. Thanks, Seamus. <laughs> Write this down. All right. Back over to Jonathan. Your final prediction. This is from a conversation we had yesterday. At least two professional teams in the big five sports leagues in this country will fold because of the coronavirus pandemic. Mm. Wow. That's a home run. You said leagues or teams? Teams. Okay. Teams okay. In major leagues, yeah. though. Okay. In the big five. That's a home run. So like, like the Rays or something, right? Yeah. yeah. That's a home run. If you Write this right. down. Write it down. You like writing things down. Ooh. Manny Hill, your final prediction. Uh, the next NFL season, this upcoming NFL season, whenever it begins, will be the final season for Bill O'Brien as head coach and general manager of the Houston Texans. <laughs> Probably a little, little, little too late. Like our predictions last week, will yeah. be the final. Write this season. down. <laughs> write it down. You like writing things down. All right, back over to Judd Zolgad. Jake Odorizzi will leave the Twins as a free agent after this coming season. After, so after the next season. After, so after... Well, after, okay, he'll be a free agent either be, way. Exactly right, because okay. his contract is running right now. So after the 2020 season, he is going to leave the Twins. These predictions are so hard about, like, the upcoming season or the next season. Be careful the baseball contracts are going right now, so, yeah, he, yep. he's not going to come back next in 21, assuming we have baseball. Rami Makloff, your final prediction of the week here. Write that down. I, I don't have a pencil. Well, remember that, then. The Vikings will pass on Tua. And Bill Belichick and the New England Patriots will draft him. <laughs> Write that down. Okay. So, to parse this apart, he has to fall to the Vikings, At and then the Patriots have to acquire him in some form. Okay. All right. Write this down. Write it down. Dude, you like writing things down. Honestly, if Tua falls to the Patriots in this draft, it'd not gonna, don't be worry about so it. absurd. Aaron Rodgers, not 2.0, not happening. Okay. Not going to happen. Okay. Right. Screw it. Write this down. The Vikings will trade up. Write this down. For Tua. Write it down. Actually, Write it down. You like writing things down. Write that down. At what pick do you do that? So let's say he gets past six. You're probably not going to go up to seven. If he falls to nine, I'm trading up. Okay. Yeah. yeah like if he, if he slips to- out toward the bottom of the top ten. Yeah. I'm pretty much just looking at what the Kansas City Chiefs did when they saw Pat Mahomes was available. And they yeah. said, all right, we're moving up. We're moving up halfway up the draft. So there it is. Those of you write that down write predictions. Down. Write it down. You like writing things down. And your accountability session. And to recap, Rami Makloff batting 464 with one home run. John Harrison 360 with two home runs. Judd Zolgad 310 with a home run. Myself, Phil Mackey at 242 with a home run. Manny Hill at 143 with a home run. And listeners at 105 with one home run on the season. We will mock. We will talk with Patrick Royce. Get his thoughts on the speculation of the day, which is Odell Beckham Jr. and reports that the Vikings have had conversations about a second and a fifth round pick to the Browns for one of the best wide receivers in the NFL. Mackie and Judd with Rami from the TCL Studios. Jonathan here with the Score North download. This download powered by Pod MN, the 2009 Vikings game 163, the 2006 Twins, and KG's Wolves relive them all and more this Sunday from 9 a.m. to 9 p.m. with a Minnesota Sports Rewind Marathon right here on Score North on AM 1500, scorenorth.com, and the free Score North mobile app. Minnesota Sports Rewind is available wherever you get your podcasts. We've been covering pretty thoroughly here today on Score North the rumors about an Odell Beckham trade to the Vikings, but Kirk Cousins spoke to the media yesterday in a Zoom conference chat and talked about what he thought of the Diggs trade saying. It, it became apparent that you know he, he wanted to play elsewhere, and I think it was smart of the Vikings to grant him that opportunity. I think it, it wasn't a mystery, and that's okay. 
you know, I, I, I wish him really well. I, I just so enjoy playing with him. He's a special player. You know, we now have to find a way to move forward and, you know, replace that, if you will, uh, with a variety of players. But I, I, I think that uh, that'll be our challenge going forward is creating that talented, you know, option outside of, of Adam on the outside. And I think there'll be a variety of ways to do that. And I'm excited to kind of get started on that challenge. PodMN is the number one source for local and on-demand Minnesota audio. Discover hundreds of unique podcasts produced right here at home in Minnesota. Download the PodMN app on Apple or Google Play stores. That's been your Score North download. Now back to Mackie and Judd with Rami. On 1500, scorenorth.com and the Score North app. We will wrap with Royce here coming up in just a few minutes. But, gentlemen, I have yet another social distancing etiquette question for you in terms of how I should have handled a situation I found myself in today. Please right. do. And I have one after you do. Oh, you do? Yeah. Good. All right. Yep. Does it involve an elevator, Mackie? Mine yep. involves an elevator. Yep. All right. So I live in an apartment building. It's hard to socially distance when you live in an apartment building, especially when you're going up and down in an elevator. Mm-hmm. And I... I've told you guys before, I'm probably too too nice when it comes to matters of etiquette, holding doors, holding elevators for people. This whole social distancing thing is really working my my mean muscle, <laughs> to, use, to use an expression, all right? Because really uncomfortable with that phrase. I, I, have, <laughs> I have, at times, in my building, said things to people that I wouldn't otherwise say. I just don't have it in me to say it. Like, there was a, last week, I was, I was walking out one of the exits of my apartment building, and there were three people just hanging out on the stoop outside my exit, like, literally just outside the door. They saw me, because it's a glass door, didn't move at all so i knocked on the glass and went can you guys give me a little bit of room you know social distancing and all and they moved but still didn't move enough and i was like a little more room um but today i didn't quite know how to handle this real real quick yeah so you you you'll see these people again in your building right which makes it i I don't even fault you for your reaction in that moment but like did they did they look threatening or menacing like you're just no but I just didn't okay. want to get close to them. We're yeah, all supposed dude, to stay six I'm feet away from each other, right? Yeah. And like with the elevator, if somebody gets to the elevator ahead of me or the door opens and there's already somebody in there, every time I'll say, I'll just get it when it comes back. I don't need to be on an elevator with you, man. We're supposed to be social distancing. Yeah. I'll get it when it comes back. I've even, if I get to an elevator before somebody or the door opens and I'm on the elevator, I say very nicely, would you mind getting it when it comes back? We shouldn't be on an elevator together, yeah. right? Yeah. Today, I live on the fourth floor. I'm going down to the parking garage. Elevator stops on the first floor. Door opens, and it's a woman with two kids in a stroller. Oh, boy. Two oh, kids no. in a stroller. They could, oh, they're probably gosh. like five and six years old, I want to say. Maybe younger than that. Oh. I'm really bad at estimating the age of kids because I don't have kids, and I really have no idea how <laughs> they're, fast they're, they're they like grow. 14. No, Robbie, no Robbie they, they no were idea. in a stroller, so they were, they were younger. And when I saw those little faces, I just didn't have it in me to say to the woman pushing the stroller, hey, can you catch the elevator when it comes back? But she should just know. And here's the thing. She wasn't even going down. She was going up. But she I, And I said that to her because she got on and she hit. This was how I thought I could get out of this because I just didn't have it in me to say, just wait till it comes back. I saw her push the button for the third floor and I said, oh, it's it's going down. The elevator's going down. And she goes, oh, that's all right. We like taking a ride. Oh, my God. Oh, my Did, God. Didn't I tell you two weeks back, it's high time that you guys start to walk the stairs? And, yeah. 
Well, and just walk the stairs. I do. I go down the stairs almost every day for this reason. Going up the stairs when you live like I live above on the fourth the, floor, yeah. man. I got bad knees. Uh, you know what? It's I've aggressive. A, Judd, I have a better chance of surviving coronavirus than my knees have of surviving four floors of stairs. You're rolling right? the dice. You're rolling the dice. That's just a fact. You're okay? taking chances. That's just a fact, dude. Th- so I, I, I couldn't, I couldn't say anything to her because I didn't want to be a jerk in front of these kids. I didn't want to scare these kids. I don't know if they understand the situation that's going on. And then it seemed like forever to get from the first floor to the parking garage, even though it's one floor apart. The whole time, these kids are talking to me. They're waving at me. Oh I, one God. was like, and one was holding up his hand like he wanted a high five, and that's where I drew the line. I was not giving this little dude a high five. And I'm telling you, these kids, their hands were filthy. They had snot running out of their nose. Oh. They had crust around their mouth. I'm almost certain I was exposed to the coronavirus in that elevator, guys. Dude. Would you have said something with two kids and two very young know. children in a stroller? I don't. I'd like to think that I would. To the kids? To the mom? To anybody. So, all right. I had somewhat of a similar instance happen to me two nights ago. So I'm getting home, and so I I get my bag out of my car, and I go over to the elevator. And as I'm going over the elevator to go up to my floor, I see a, another car parks within, like, I don't know, 30 or 40 feet of the same. There's two elevators in the garage, and so sometimes people just go to the other elevator, especially if you see someone during this period. There's stairwells, right? So I'm very clearly standing there waiting for the elevator to go up, and these two dudes get out of this car with two giant bags of fast food. They're probably in their 20s. They're just like bro roommates, right? (laughs) Two giant bags of fast food, and they see me, and I'm just, and of course, like, I've got my back turned, but I can sense them. And I'm thinking, just, A, open the door, open the door, open the door so I can just get in and hit the button and then it closes on them, right? Like, that's my first thought. But then when it becomes obvious, I'm just sitting there like, all right, well, maybe they'll, maybe I'll get in and then they'll just, like, do the right thing and let me get in the elevator and they'll take the next one. No, like, these two dudes are probably the same, like, young 26, 27-year-olds that just feel like they are impervious to all of this, They're right? playing basketball during the day. And so I get in the elevator and these dudes walk in. And stand like, you know, two freaking feet from me. And I I debated 50-50 the whole time in there. Like, should I say something? Should I say something before they get on? Should I say something after I get off? Well, if I do that, I should have said something beforehand. I just stewed the entire time and felt wildly uncomfortable and was just crabby for like an hour after it happened. Don't get on the elevator with people. Like, don't make people uncomfortable, especially if the elevator is not a massive, like, target field industrial service elevator that you can put a car in, you know? Like, I don't what understand the selfishness of people. You, you climb stairs. At, Laziness, at the... Judd. Okay. <laughs> you want the answer? So, I just think I it's li- high. I live higher up than Rami does. Like, it's, I live. A little it's... exercise to end your day? Easier said than done. <laughs> just don't get in the elevator. Well, I don't. Let, dis- let, let people okay. get in the elevator. I agree with what both you guys are saying, but the reality is, 
there's a lot of humans that aren't smart enough to know what to do now. They either are lazy, they don't how care. Do you, how do you think it's okay to get, first of all, to to go to a floor you're not even going to? The elevator was going it down. Weird. It is weird. Her and her gross little kids were going up. I'm trying to come up with the proactive approach that takes you guys out of harm's way. How do you think that's okay? Dude, I'm with Rami on this. I, I agree with you guys, but I mean, look at, look at people now. We still have people gathered in groups. I walked by people in this building a couple days ago, gathered around a around the uh, soda and snack machine talking like it's an ordinary day. So, yeah. I mean, I, I don't know how they think that way, but there are people that do. And to me, I just do whatever I can to avoid them completely, to not put myself in a position where a person can join me. Yeah. Which it's is super really frustrating. Say, so, Rami, I feel your I feel your pain. Let's keep bringing these stories up because I want people. I, I hope people listen to them and either relate or think, "Oh man, like I'm guilty of like somebody else might feel uncomfortable in my presence." Like, look outside your own nostrils for once. Some of you, not all of you. <laughs> well, some the, of you. don't you guys get the feeling though that there are definitely people now who are almost defiant and don't believe this whole thing yeah i didn't get that vibe from her though judge okay. she seemed she was smiling she seemed like a really nice lady just no, oblivious no harmful intent yeah just kind okay. of oblivious to the whole thing because i definitely get the impression now that, that there are people who i are told like, you guys it's not gonna happen to me I told you guys a couple weeks ago i was on a on a walking path around a lake by my house and there was a guy who yes i'm profiling looked like the type who would say that we're all overreacting yep. to the coronavirus and was walking straight down the middle of the walking path with a defiant look on his face like he was proving something to the rest of us and like i said that day if i wasn't so sure that he had coronavirus all over his stupid face i would have punched him right in the middle of it i mean you can punch him and then wash your hands wash my hands just dunk it in the lake don't touch your face. <laughs> still might be. Just a, don't touch your face. Still could be a professional problem at some point. I want to mock. Mock. I want to mock. Mock. All right. Before we wrap with Royce, Jonathan, if you would do the honors here, uh, we've got a mock draft from NFL Network's Peter Schrager 2.0. Schrager? From Peter Schrager, everybody. That's right. Oh, the man in the midst of the controversy of three years ago with Randy. Yeah, Peter Schrager once plagiarized a full mock draft from Randy in Cottage Grove, or so Randy claims. Yeah, you guys have told me this. Whoa. All right. We'll get Randy's full seven round mock draft, Vikings picks only, hopefully, next week. Sponsored or not? Hopefully not. Has he sold it yet? <laughs> this we'll find out next week. All right, here's Peter Schrager's 2.0. He's got Joe Burrow going number one of the Bengals, Chase Young number two, Jeff Okuda, the cornerback, going number three to the Lions. First quarterback off the board after Joe Burrow, so the second quarterback off the board, Justin Herbert to the Dolphins at five. He's got Tua going six to the Chargers. And then we scroll down to the 22nd overall pick where Peter Schrager has the Vikings taking LSU star wide receiver Justin Jefferson. Mm. And then with the 25th pick, Peter Schrager has the Vikings taking Boise State offensive tackle Ezra Cleveland. I want to mock! Mock! I want to mock! Mock! That's right. Ezra Cleveland also is one of the best offensive line names, I think, in the draft. Ezra's a great Ezra name. Cleveland. He sounds huge. Come up with that a does fir- sound like a big dude. A first name that sounds like you're big, and then a last name that sounds like a Rust Belt area of the country. <laughs> That's an Ezra offensive lineman. Ezra Cleveland. That was a guy who was born to be an offensive lineman. <laughs> 
What are some other names like Ezra Cleveland? Hmm. There have been some big boy sounding names for sure. Yeah. Oh. Andre oh, Topeka. No, guys, I have the one. DeBrickishaw Ferguson. Oh, yeah, I love right it. There. That's the one, right? And absolutely, DeBrickishaw, what a great name. DeBrickishaw Ferguson. D apostrophe Brickishaw. Yeah, Rami, you just hit it. Football. Awesome. All right, we wrap with Ricey every single Monday, Wednesday, and Friday here on Mackie and Jeb with Rami. All right, Pat. Odell Beckham Jr. Oh, you mind on that? Mom and I are tight, man. I'll be in. The rest of you guys might have trouble with him, but Mama will whack him upside the head if he isn't nice to me. I'll be getting all the scoops. <laughs> I know Mama well. Heather Wait, you... Van Norman from Wyndham, Minnesota. That's right. Yeah, she's, mama, his mom is from I, southern Minnesota. Yes. And I went down and wrote a long piece on her after she was here and I talked to her on the phone on a semi-regular basis. She was the LSU track coach, then the Nichols State track coach, and uh, her and I are tight, so I'm good with him. Now, I haven't. she's been a little harder to talk to <laughs> since he turned into this goofball, but uh, but I could, uh, I, could, I could reconnect with her and... I'll have my. I might have the Odell podcast, man. We might Odell and I might. He might be my future. My to a healthy financial future. Odell might carry. Me. I'm out. Yeah, they could call it the curmudgeon and the punk. It'll be great. Unchained yeah, <laughs> <laughs> is done. Zolgad's <laughs> out. That's right. I got Odell, and I'll get Heather on there too. She's the greatest one. Do you know that Heather? Now this was in Class A and not Double A. But uh, when she was a uh, high school, when she was in high school at Wyndham High School, she won the hundred, the two hundred, and the four hundred four years in a row. Wow! Uh, they call it the quadruple, triple, or some damn thing. She was, uh, she was uh, great. She's great, and uh, she went down to LSU and uh, got in the family way with Odell Beckham Senior, the football player. They never did get married, uh, but she raised uh, she raised the son. And for many years, he lived with uh, Dwight Smith, who was an Olympic sprinter, not the Dwight Smith football player. He was an Olympic sprinter, and he was kind of the father influence for a while. I don't think they're together anymore, but they were for a long time. And he was kind of the father figure with uh, this kid for a while. But as she told me a while back, he hit the genetic jackpot <laughs> hotel because he had the, the, the sprinter mom and uh, the, uh, and the, uh, you know, the football player dad. And, she was, uh, until she got pregnant, I think, before her junior year, she was uh, she had a shot to make the Olympics. She was a great star. So yeah. you're in, though, Pat. So if, oh, I if, am in. So, yeah. like, you could go back on, on the beat, potentially, get all the scoops. Uh, He'd complain. Uh, I don't think I'm going to go back on the football beat. Are you crazy? <laughs> well, you said so, you're in. Yeah, I'm in with him. But I'm not in with the other. Oh come on! Guys, you could go whatever. between him and Zim. It'd be great. <laughs> I'm sure Zim would be more than happy to talk to you all the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, anyway, I'm I'm all for it. Wouldn't it be great? But it would it, it would, would be. certainly uh, it would certainly shake up the uh, the whole our whole idea of a of a, a peaceful ship. Huh? If they thought Sydney could be a pain in the ass. Wait until Cousins misses a wide-open hotel about three times running down the middle of the field. That'd be great. 
I mean, the other thing too that we've been, you know, because we've been interacting with just Vikings fans on Twitter and stuff here too is like, wow, it's you know, never going to happen. The Vikings make more moves like this the last ten or twelve years than any team in the NFL. Pat, I mean, going back to Jared Allen, Brett Favre, Randy Moss return, Kirk Cousins, they traded Diggs. Bradford, who like, who do they have to get rid of? They gotta just gotta let Anthony Harris go for a fifth rounder or something, huh? To try to make financial room, they'd have to, they'd have to like clean out a couple of guys, right? Yeah, they would. They still have to, they still have to plan, you know, sign the draft races. So, uh, you know, they have to. Uh, who knows? Harrison Smith, find a safety, trade him. I don't know. And uh, that you know, I would just do it. I mean. There's nobody on the defense that could do as much for you your team as this guy can do as an offensive player, right? Yeah, that's probably accurate. Yeah, you know, I mean, you, you like your defense, blah, 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 but, uh, you know, put a big red ribbon around Anthony Barr's head and, you know, get him the hell out of here, right? <laughs> Is that how you do it? <laughs> Right. Merry so, Christmas, uh, Cleveland. We're giving you yeah. Anthony Barr. Yeah, yeah, we're giving. Yeah, well, like, yeah, you include him in the deal. Yeah, you yeah. can trade Harris too. Give us a second and a fifth, and uh, take uh, Anthony Barr for nothing. Yeah. yeah. But so I think it'd be great. Yeah, it'd be fun. So Pat, I think we should start doing this here because we're uh, we're three weeks into what would have been the 2020 Major League Baseball season. Doesn't mean we have to just ignore baseball. I think once a week on this show, maybe it's the the Wednesday edition of Rap with Ricey, we just let you talk about something random and baseball-related or tell us a random baseball story from your life and career watching and covering baseball. Putting you on the spot here, but this is uh, random Ricey baseball right now. We're going to start well, it right well, now. I just got done. I just, and I wasn't there for this, but this is one of my favorites. You know, and I've talked about this in the past, but Jim Fry died. And... One of the great Weisenheimers of all time. You asked him a bad question. He made you feel like you were a foot high, man. He was, uh, he was one of those, you know, he was one of those old school managers. I didn't deal with him that much, five or six times maybe, but don't ask him a question in which it contains your opinion or you were <laughs> in trouble. You were in trouble. But the famous one with him is which I third, heard third hand, although Ned Coletti, who was the public relations guy for the Cubs as a friend of mine. And then he became the Dodgers and the, and the Giants GM, you know, later. But uh, he he had great fry stories. But the one about Doc Gooden and the boys, Doc Gooden's about 20, 21 years old. And he, you know, blows him away with the fastball and the curveball and the changeup. And it's, the Cubs have no chance. And some radio guy from Chicago says to Fry, and how about his poise? <laughs> and Fry says, oh, you like his poise, huh? That 98-mile-an-hour fastball. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you like his poise. That curveball that falls from the neck to the eight holes. That guy, yo, you're not impressed with that. You like his poise. <laughs> and for years in the press box, you know, we've been at, like, at the World Series and you know, somebody be pitching a two-hit shutout. <laughs> you get up and say, "Boy, does he have poise!" <laughs> the sound was, uh, you know, a Weaver guy. He was Weaver's uh, hitting coach for ten years, and having those two guys together had to be unbelievable. Is Rami around today? Right here, Pat. What's up? 
You a fry guy? You you were fry was a little before your time. What's yeah, I I barely remember him, Pat. I think he he was his yeah, last year or two was when I was basically starting to understand and comprehend baseball. Yeah, he had the '84 team, and then he got fired in '86 because he was the other candidate with Tom Kelly to be the manager in the in the fall of '86. Polad wanted to hire Fry because he had a, he was making Andy a 33 year old general manager, and he didn't want a 36 year old manager. And Andy and I talked about that this spring before everybody had to leave Florida, and because uh, he was there with the with the Oriole uh, with the Phillies. And uh, he told me, telling me about every day he went over to the Florida Indians Carl to hire Tom Kelly. Uh, but it was a battle because Kelly wanted, uh, I mean, Carl wanted somebody older, uh, and Fry was Fry was the other candidate. So, uh, well, we almost got him. Now Kelly certainly proved successful, but the quotes would have been a lot better if Fry would have been because <laughs> he was one of those guys. You know, he was. Uh, yeah, he was just one of those uh, grouchy, funny SOPs who uh, was, uh, you know, he, he made it to 90. I guess he was 90. I think. There was no 88 that I see. He was 88. Yeah. But, uh, yep. but, uh, it, it, but now that you've given me a heads up, I'll, uh, I'll be a little more prepared. That was that was great. Let's do it every Wednesday here. All right, Pat. We'll catch you keep on your Friday. Boys, there, boys. Everything will be fine. <laughs> keep your boys. That's great. All right, see you, Pat. Bye. That's amazing. <clears throat> Jim he Fry? tells great old baseball stories. Oh yeah, yeah. He is uh, the Unchained that we did yesterday. That you can find the podcast now has some phenomenal stories of baseball in the seventies and basically the drug culture. Patrick talks about it's just fantastic. Yeah, cookie cutter stadiums and guys who were perpetually high on greenies and cocaine. <laughs> I mean, the baseball season would be a grind. Yes, yeah. eight months including spring training. Oh, yeah, and it's not like playing a football game, but playing that many contests over the course of you end up playing like two hundred games when well, you the greenies spring training. were prolific for years, right? Mm-hmm. Up until probably the nineties at Guys, some point. Covering a baseball season is a grind. I, I did a I did a Brewers post game show for I don't know how many years, like six, seven years when I was in Milwaukee. I was mm-hmm. a producer, kind of unofficial co host, and it, by the end of the year I was done. I was spent. I needed a week <laughs> off. Dude, there were so I covered I covered as a beat writer the twins between two thousand ten and thirteen. I'd come back from seven weeks in spring training and be like, Whew, oh, my God. Oh, wait, the season starts and nobody now? nobody felt bad for you <laughs> at all because they'd be sure. like, you just got back from yeah, Florida. It ain't road construction. Don't get me that wrong. <laughs> Don't get me wrong but, all right. You can find all of our Odell Beckham Jr. Vikings discussion and speculation by going back and podcasting. Mackie and Jeb with Rami, Apple, Spotify, Score North app, and it helps us when you give us a five-star rating and a positive review. So please do so. And as always, Rapping with Royce is... Presented by Josh Arnold Investments, Judd. Indeed it is, and it's time to talk to Mr. Money Talk, Josh Arnold, where you always get straight talk, not sugar-coated advice. You can get that straight talk by calling Josh direct. His number, 952-925-5608, or you can listen to Josh right now with the Market Minute. Hi, Josh. Judd, the sun is the sun is out. I feel pretty good. I had a good run this morning, despite the, the fact that the stock market opened down despite the fact that there's been very punk economic news starting with starting with the um, retail sales number being about the worst 
in a very long time. Then, then there's the Empire State Manufacturing Index, which is twice as bad as the previous worst time, which was during the financial crisis. The Empire State Manufacturing Index covers manufacturing in the state of New York. We had Best Buy furloughed uh, or is going to furlough 51,000 of their employees, mostly part-timers, but a good chunk of their full-time retail people, with the only positive coming from uh, Best Buy being their digital sales were up 250%, but I don't know from where that is. And then banks reported um, that while revenues were up, earnings were down primarily because they were increasing their loan loss reserves as the banks are very uh, concerned uh, about losses from this government-mandated uh, uh, shutdown that is putting us into a government-mandated recession that hopefully um, we can come back to business uh, over the next um, month or two, or maybe even a little bit longer, and the economy can then slowly, because it's going to be slowly, uh, get back moving. There are people who have said there's a big disconnect between what's going on in the economy and what's going on in the stock market. And I would say, yes, that that is true to a certain extent. The big the big connect with the stock market is the number of companies that are down uh, from their high really haven't recovered and will take a longer time to recover. Companies in the that are involved in energy, and that follows through with the price of energy being down. The companies involved in hotels and travel, those companies have been hit hard, and that's definitely reflective of the shutdown in the economy. The same is true with with restaurants, same is true with most of retail being being shut down. So there are industries within the market that are very reflective of the, of the economy, and I would say even those companies that are doing very well are reflective of what is happening in the economy. The rise, as we've as like talked about, the rise between at home, work at home, and stay at home. Those companies involved in work at home, stay at home are doing well, and those are the companies that I've focused on with my clients. If you want more, give me a call. Investment advisor services offered by Josh Arnold Investment Consultant, LLC, a registered advisor in the state of Minnesota. Past performance is no guarantee of future results. All investments involve risk.